Hello, this is Mr. Galley from GCSE English Revision Pod with a quick message for you. If you want even more English Revision Pod in your ears, you can now subscribe to our premium service, GCSE English Revision Pod Plus, where for the price of just over £2 a month, on top of all the amazing free episodes, which will continue to be free and there for you to use, you can also get a selection of amazing bonus episodes on things like Macbeth, A Christmas Carol, Romeo and Juliet, and all your favourite topics covered in the depth and detail that you are used to. If you are interested in getting even more GCSE English Revision Pod, all you've got to do is click the link at the top of this episode description, where you can subscribe to GCSE. English Revision Pod Plus. Hello and welcome to GCSE English Revision Pod. Now, if you're listening to this in 2019, around the time we recorded it, you've probably finished both your literature papers by now. Very well done. Woo! I can never read again. Hang on. No, you must. You must. You must. As we will explain. We will get into that. First of all, we want to say well done. We want to say thank you so much for letting us know on Twitter and by email how you got on and how you use the podcast. It really is fantastic to hear how you guys have been doing with it. So um, so please keep that up. But today... And I mean, just not to boast, first of all, we did get some of the questions right, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. We guessed Sheila. Them. Yeah. Came on AQA. Hyde is a hide. well. We had hide is a dangerous Ooh, outsider. Very close. Uh, very similar. Hyde is inhumane. Yeah, yeah I mean, similar. Close enough. Close enough. I mean, I'm beginning to feel like a god. Yeah, I mean, you felt like that long before we ever started doing <laughs> these the things. Let's be, let's be honest. Um, so today we are going to continue with our series on language paper one. But again, this is going to be kind of a different pod because when it comes to this question, we cannot and nobody can tell you a perfect way of doing this yeah. right yeah i mean the real truth novelists build up their craft over years and years of practice of reading of developing their skills research watching research. people in cafes yeah i mean that's very creepy but yes, yes. yeah it is a creepy being a writer yeah uh, but what we're going to give you is some approaches you can do whether you've whether you've got your exam next week or whether you've got it in a year's time exactly if you're in year 10 um some things you can do to build to make yourself into a better writer so think of this podcast it's much more about the handout really we've produced this handout for you which gives you loads and loads of stuff to look at and this podcast is really about how to use that handout yeah so um you must download that handout um why don't you go and click on the link in the bio now yes see you in a minute welcome what back. a handout if you're oh, looking at that handout you're not just thinking oh mr forster and mr galley yeah i imagine you've probably taken a moment just to sort of compose yourself after seeing yeah that i mean just i just had to wipe the drool yeah off my tie <laughs> so um that's a horrible image everyone Nasty so business. Uh, let's start so language paper one question five you're asked to write either a description or a story Based yep. on an image or a, a kind of a, a, a short kind of textual stimulus. Yeah, absolutely. They always give you that choice. But the, the fact of the matter is really that they're just there to inspire you, aren't yes. they? You're, you're going to be awarded for the quality of your creative writing. Yes. Students uh, are often quite worried about, oh, what do I do for the picture? What do I do for the, for the other one? The reality is it doesn't really matter. And they also say, oh, what's the difference between a description and a story? The truth is a good story has loads of description in. Yeah. And a good description probably has characters in to make it a bit more interesting. And tells a story. my, the way I come from this question, I know every teacher will teach differently, but my, I strongly believe you should imagine this question five as if it's chapter one to a much longer novel. 
Because yes. short stories are so hard to construct. A short story with a twist and a clever ending in 45 minutes. No real writer ever writes... You know, no writer... J.K. Rowling, the editor doesn't come and say, you've got 45 minutes to write the last instalment of Harry yeah. Potter. <laughs> oh, my God, you know. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. So what I Im- Im- encourage you to do is imagine a novel and just write chapter one. You almost set yourself up to fail by attempting a short story, don't you? Because a short story sort of needs certain things whereas the opening chapter of a novel could be anything really it can yeah. stop at any point it can open in any way that you like it gives you a lot more freedom yeah and I think and on that all the skills you've learnt on language paper one looking at structure looking at language you've now got to show that you can do them exactly and this is why I would I know I know we've kind of disagreed on this in the past before but I would always recommend not jumping first to question five because the reality is if you've done questions one two three and four well you will have probably nicked some ideas you'll have probably thought of some stuff along the way and thought oh I could use something like that in my creative writing we're now going to confuse you because I still think <laughs> to start with question 5 but this mm. is where dear listener you need to choose so Mr Galley thinks you better to work up to question 5 I prefer starting with question 5 what you should do is try both approaches and see what suits you and yeah. your Sam I mean that's a good way because the reason I like starting with question 5 is just to get your timings right yeah because it's worth 40 marks I mean that's the thing maybe let's start with that the obvious stuff it's worth 50% of your language paper yeah so Lots Huge of people revise loads for questions one, two, three, and four, and then forget about question five, which is worth half your grade. If you only did this question and got full marks, you would get yourself a grade five. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, that is certainly worth considering, and I do, I do fully see that argument as well. It has to be, yeah, I, it has to be said. You make your mind up. You have free will. Yeah. So, what we've got in this pack for you is ten opening chapters chosen arbitrarily by me in a free period mm-hmm. um, while I was sweating upstairs in my classroom. Again, um, horrible imagery. Horrible today. imagery. But it's because we're doing description. Exactly. Yeah, you're really um, bringing it to life. And <laughs> painting a reader, a picture in your head. Um, and and so on the front of your sheet, you'll see I've also put a list to a really good reading list. Um, it's on Goodreads.com. Yeah. And I've put literary fiction. That's a great thing to type into the internet if you want to find more challenging books that will really push your vocabulary and make you think about writing in perhaps a more complex way. Yeah. So why don't So before we dip into this and go into more detail, I would encourage you over the coming weeks, if you're year ten, try to do this regularly over the next year. If you're year eleven, try to do it in between your other revision and balance it. Yeah. Go to your local library and read a chapter one in between your other revision. Do a bit of maths revision, read a chapter one. Do a bit of geography revision, read a chapter one. It really is a case of that your brain will learn to do it without you even noticing that it's happening, right? Yeah. The more you are reading, the better writer you will become. Yeah, and as you read, I want you to be like a little magpie hopping around. What do magpies do, Mr Galley? They take shiny things. Yeah, they take shiny things mm. and they make it their own. So if you see a writer who's a really interesting word, you take it. Yeah. That becomes your word. I feel this is your argument in a future plagiarism. <laughs> I was just magpieing your honour. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting descriptions of characters or setting. Any structural tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not mean copying out the opening to Great Expectations and claiming, no. you know, crossing out Charles Dickens and writing, you know, Mr. Forster. What it does mean is thinking, you know, um, challenge your vocabulary. See how do real writers do it and see if you can imitate it. Absolutely. And then... Getting beyond that, then we want to think about our top tips, don't we? So these these are some things, if you look at the first page of the handout, 
we've given you some kind of general things to be thinking about and actually what we what we'd advise you to do today and onwards with this piece of um with this particular area of revision is apply the tips on the first two pages of the handout to the 10 opening chapters that we've given you in the rest of the handout right yeah and also in the kitten pack the language paper two pack which is attached to so the language paper sorry the puppy pack not the kitten pack the yeah. puppy pack um, attached to this the paper one pack you'll find some more exercises for question five and some example questions that you can have a go at. yes okay. so the first thing is to remember is that there's two mark schemes for language paper one question five out of 24 is for content and organization yep and out of 16 is for the accuracy and sophistication of your word choices your punctuation choices and your sentences so to put it simply 24 marks for what you say 16 marks for how well you say it yeah but they are linked together of course so let's start by thinking about the structure how you can plan to pick up lots of those 24 marks Mm. so i think the first thing to think about is just like in question three on language paper one Think about structural features you can use. You don't have to tell a simple chronological story in time order. You could drop some hints about a backstory. Yeah. So, I mean, again, the crucial thing here is be subtle. That's a, a really important word. Don't say, don't do what bad horror films do and have your character say, yesterday when we were trying to get the Ark of the Covenant, we... Did, you know, try to make it a bit more subtle. Oh, I'm terrible. I've not seen that horror film, but it um, sounds, it sounds so, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Friday period five. I'm, I'm dying here. But hint at a backstory. So yeah. drop some detail about what your character was like before. You know, lots of descriptive detail. And I think dropping the dropping the reader straight in is great because it naturally creates a sense of mystery. You know, as if your opening line is as she ran through the trees that seemed to scratch at her fearing what came behind I mean that's equally terrible but you know if you if you straight away your readers got then questions to ask haven't they if you don't tell them too much throw them straight in yeah. to a situation avoid, that's going to intrigue them avoid doing what some of my students do which is telling about your character waking up having breakfast um, yeah. and those kind of things so um, 500 words on Weetabix yeah. is, not, is, is not needed don't be afraid to try something original so one of my colleagues told me a story about one of her students who was asked to write a story about a children's game a couple of years ago most of the class did really boring ones but this one student imagined a game where they were playing stuck in the mud and a boy tapped this other boy and then the whole of time stopped as he did it mm. and suddenly it was a really and actually it became a mess for, for childish childhood isolation and being feeling cut off from your friends but all it was was a description of this boy who the whole playground was frozen around him and he went he went around feeling isolated and alone and he sat down and cried and it's such an a such a simple and original very idea evocative but image. so different from yeah, what everyone else clever. would have done so don't be afraid of trying something original and, and quite interesting completely um Try to avoid cliches like running through the forest, as Mr. Galley just said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I was, I was um, pre-demonstrating that there. Um, tr- uh, do plan your story before you start writing, but also remember, if it's an opening chapter, you don't have to have a giant plot twist. You can end on some kind of cliffhanger. Yeah. So limit the time frame of the story. Often having it take place in a few minutes is better than over a few days. Mm. Limit the number of characters. Keep it simple. Um, and do think about some of your structural decisions. A few things not to do. Avoid too much dialogue. It takes such a talented writer to write dialogue. Yeah. I would have a little bit, perhaps, but don't overcomplicate it because generally, if you read real novels, you know, dialogue is the thing. I think that's it's probably hard. one of the hardest things to definitely. Craft. And do you fall into the trap of you sort of hello? Said Mister Galley. Hello, replied Mister Forster. How are you? Said Mister Galley. You know, it's I'm very... sweaty. Said Mister Forster. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very easy to fall into. Um, 
incredibly boring dialogue, I think, and just dialogue. Much like our podcast. Yeah, we're doing it now. We're, we're modelling. We're modelling what Always not to modeling. do. modelling. Yeah. Um, and not in the sense of being good looking. No. So, um, as one of our mis- misguided email reviews said, they, they yeah. inferred we must be good looking from yeah. our voices, and they're wrong. They the couldn't so, be more they wrong. They couldn't be further from the mark <laughs> so, on that one. Oh, anyway, back to the mm. point. Um, second part is the 16 marks. See, about writing top tips. My, my most important rule for, for good writing is variation. Yeah. Vary your word choices. Some complex, some simple. Vary your sentence lengths. Vary your punctuation. Vary everything. Because the truth is, writing is a bunch of tricks. Yeah. And if you do a trick once, it's a great trick. If you do a trick 18 times, it's a pretty boring trick. Yes. The only exception to that, of course, being if you are doing an extended metaphor through your yeah. writing. So if you use... Lots. So say, for example, there's one character who, in very simple terms, you always talk about light when you talk about this character. If you do like, that... in for example, n- Juliet. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. If you do that in a number that's of Shakespeare, different Shakespeare, he knows ways, all the tricks. <laughs> absolute Charlotte. And if you use that in a different way each time, then that's fantastic. You know, then you're drawing an extended motif for that character. But if you keep using the exact same trick over and over again, it becomes much less valuable, doesn't it? Yeah. So, other few little things to think about. Think about your prepositional phrases. Often, often beginner writers forget to tell you where things are. In front of, in the distance, beyond the, under the, next to the. Yeah. Or the simple little phrases that help make descriptions more specific. Think about your similes, your metaphors, your personification. Think about your different senses. Think about trying to think what your character would notice in a setting. And again, the, the trick with senses. I feel like I'm being really negative here and focusing on what not to do. But I think it's important... Don't fall into the trap with senses of just listing what your character could see, hear, smell and touch. Yeah. That doesn't read well. Think about what's the interesting sense to draw on at that moment of time. Which of the five senses is actually adding something to your story at that point yeah. in time? Yeah. Other things, so you show off your vocabulary, but don't be like that episode of Friends where Joey buys a dictionary and everything, you know, because <laughs> it sounds silly. So my yeah. advice would be, you want some complex words, but you want two or three. Yeah, it, it, it takes away from fiction if you have too many. And actually, to use a word properly, you, have you to need understand to know it. it. You need yeah. to know that word yeah. really well. And that doesn't mean just having looked it up in a in a dictionary. That means having read it in different formats and that kind of thing. So, have having pre-prepared complex vocabulary can work, but you need to know yeah. that vocabulary. Yeah, this is where the magpie comes in. Yeah, having seen it in situ, you might have an idea of how to use it. We'll we'll find some examples of this in a moment when we look at at an example. Yeah, vary your punctuation. Again, a semicolon is great, but I don't want to see 18 semicolons in your writing. No, That's not good that. writing. No, no. Um, vary how you begin your sentences. Or in an email. Vary your sentence lengths. I mean, I, we know people who can't use full stops properly in emails, yeah. but we'll, we'll go no further. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of an in-joke for me and Mr. Galley. And select elite listeners. <laughs> um, and do you play with the rhythms of your sentences? And we'll, again, we'll show you what we mean by this in a moment. Mm. Um, at the bottom of page two of your handout, I've also included something that examiners were given to help them looking at AO6, the, the, the accuracy. And that's the difference between level two and level three. Have a little look at those differences and you'll see some really subtle things that you can check can make a huge improvement on your mark. So we're not going to talk you through them all now, no. but a few little things to look at and not fall into traps is my yeah. advice. So we're going to focus now on the extract from the bell jar on page three by Sylvia. Ooh, I think, well, I just, I quite enjoyed when I first saw this and I quite enjoyed your list of cliched stories. Oh so yeah, let's yeah. start with what go not to it, do. And these were from, quickly. in my defence, these were from a friend who marked language paper one. He was ranting on Twitter as he marked them yeah, about yeah. how much he hated these stories and, these, and he listed them. 
uh, yeah. as people did that probably highly unprofessionally but um, <laughs> hilariously but it, but it's a good list because I have marked every single one of these so things these the are bike. cliches that are utter well generally unless you're a genius writing some kind of subversive twist which I imagine most people are not yep. um, these are generally ones to be avoided yeah so don't write uh, even though I used this example earlier avoid being chased in a forest avoid coming home to find that someone has been kidnapped zombies are a bit of a no-go quite hard to write yeah again fiction. genius writers can do it but are you a genius writer yet is the question you have to ask yourself yes car crashes we see a lot of and they tend not to work taking part in a world cup final uh, scoring the winning goal often can be a yeah, problem that's, that can not work and um, disturbingly lots of year 11 seem to write about like abusive relationships and things it's really yeah. worrying actually um, I mean that yeah that that could could potentially work I suppose couldn't it but I suppose if you're just doing it gratuitously yeah, if you're I just mean, trying to do it the to point, shop the point with all then... these things is subtlety is key yeah and um, we'll explain what subtlety means with an example in a moment oh the last one don't retell video games um, or films I had a year 10 mock about time travel and I had a whole bunch of uh, people talk about uh, like a, a man made out of iron and mm. um, a, <laughs> a green large man yeah. trying to change time and I'm pretty sure it was the plot of a popular film yeah sounds sounds like they might have been inspired um, by, <laughs> from, from somewhere in fairly popular culture so let's look at the bill jar the, the bell jar not the bill jar the bell jar by Sylvia yeah. Plath we talked about this actually uh, last week I believe on an episode on question four yeah um, Sylvia Plath is a well was she's, she's dead unfortunately but she was a genius writer mm. she only wrote one novel called The Bell Jar she was mostly a poet and what I want to use is that as an example of the kind of the best crafting of language you could imagine well how about I read it and you jump in when you'd like to magpie a bit yeah. is that a good way of doing it let's, we're not going to read the whole thing but let's read the let's certainly we'll, we'll start with that I'll start, I'll start by reading yeah. it and when you when you want to magpie and show students how yeah we'll read the first paragraph there's that. a few things in there straight away okay right it was a queer sultry summer the summer they electrocuted the Rosenbergs, and I didn't know what I was doing in New York. I'm going to stop you right there. That first sentence is strange, it's unusual, it's straight away drawing me into the story. Yeah. So she didn't say, there was once a girl who was feeling unhappy in New York. No. Because this is a story about a girl suffering from depression. And straight away, the fact that she quantifies that summer as the summer when they killed people, it raises so many questions in the reader's mind, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, why, why is that the thing she links to it? Who are the Rosenbergs? It's just a really engaging opening line. Yeah, so if you can think of something slightly unusual or engaging, it's a great way to start. Mm. Uh, yeah. The idea of being electrocuted makes me sick, and that's all there was to read about in the pages. Goggle-eyed headlines staring up at me on every street corner and at the fusty, peanut-smelling mouth of every subway. It had nothing to do with me, but I couldn't help wondering what it would be like being burned alive all along with your nerves. I thought it must be the worst thing in the world. So we'll stop there for a second. So some brilliant metaphors to look at here. The mm. subway that's described as the fusty peanut-smelling mouth of every subway. Brilliant personification and quite original. Because obviously if you've eaten a whole bunch of peanuts, your, your mouth doesn't smell very nice, does it? So it's a really great description of how the discomfort of being on a, in a subway in New York. Yeah, and sort of bringing the city to life around her, but in an almost threatening way. As or... if she's yeah, being eaten alive by the subway. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and look also at the sentence lengths here. We've got that lovely short sentence, I'm stupid about executions, followed by this much longer complex sentence that has some commas. It has a dash before goggle-eyed headlines. Mm-hmm. Um, She's really varied her punctuation, the rhythms of the sentences to make it interesting. And then, of course, you get the single line paragraph. I thought it must be the worst thing in the world. So straight away, obviously, you're not going to write something this good. No one is expecting... Well, some of you might, but... <laughs> there will be some. In the yeah, I've got a year no, 10 girl absolutely. who writes a bit like this, yeah. to be honest. No, and, uh, um, but, for, but for the majority of you, 
we're just looking for a good standard and yeah. if you're doing these kind of things then great yeah I mean, again don't overuse tricks so I see a lot of students overuse one word sentences or one word paragraphs they can work but don't overdo them yeah absolutely yes it's that, so I'm it's... not a huge fan of one word sentences to be honest I've seen very few writers use them well one sentence paragraphs though like here can work if they're a crucial sentence stop there you go oh there was one night got me there yeah <laughs> carry on New York was bad enough by nine in the morning, the fake country wet freshness that somehow seeped in overnight evaporated like the tail end of a sweet dream. Really nice simile there. The idea of um, the, the wetness in New York being like the end of a dream. Very, very interesting. Very original simile. Yeah. Mirage grey at the bottom of their granite canyons. The hot streets wavered in the sun. The car tops sizzled and glittered and the dry, cindery dust blew into my eyes and down my throat. Lovely technique there is listing. Do not be afraid to list in descriptions pick up little details in the setting so here she's describing the city of new york she describes the 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 the, the, the buildings as granite canyons a metaphor comparing to like the natural canyons mm. like a valley um i love that the idea the verb sizzled glittered yeah um, really really powerful description now really there's perhaps limited value in myself and mr forster carrying on and doing this because what will really be incredibly valuable is if you now with everything we've told you today you've got 10 you, extracts you've got 10 extracts we've given you 10 extracts and libraries have thousands millions yeah bravely risking all sorts of copyright infringements we have given you Shh, don't tell them. for you to work your way through copyright most of them. they'll probably be fine I'm sure no one's fine. listening to this anyway but if you work your way through and do exactly what we've done there. Look at the bits you've liked. Think about why you like them. And more importantly, think about how you would use them. And send them to us. You know, if you've got ideas, if you read through, for example, the next one from Yellow Birds, um, Mountains of Madness, My Name is Lucy Barton. When you've gone through them, if you've got a bit of an idea and you think, oh, I really like this bit. Um, and I want to have a go at putting into something. Send us little extracts. Send us little bits that you've written. And we'll... You know, we'll happily have a look and say what we think. And some writing exercises that are great, just to kind of finish on this, is one thing that I like to do sometimes is to, to give me a creative practice, is imagine the protagonist from the bell jar, once you've read this extract, and move her to a different place, change her gender. Yeah. Make her a man um, in London who is 11 years old rather than 18 years old. You know, ch- change the setting, change little things. And see what and, you can and do And try it. and write in a similar style, but with different words in a different setting. And it can really give you an, an idea of, yep. of, of ways to do things. Also, one very, very practical thing. I know this from mainly looking at my own work when I've, when I've sort of had failed attempts to write things when I look back at um when I look back at what I've done I can tell where I started where I just was starting to write that day and where I finished because inevitably stuff you write when you first sit down is not as good as the stuff you're writing when you've been doing it for an hour or two hours and your brain like any other muscle in your body needs time to warm up so what I'd muscle is it wholeheartedly (laughs) not a biology podcast are we (laughs) definitely an English podcast what I would wholeheartedly suggest (laughs) is that the on the day that you have language paper one and two, don't let the first time your pen hits the paper be in the exam. Get yep. up a bit earlier and just write something. For half an hour, just write something. Could be a little story, could be what happened to you yesterday, could be a diary entry, whatever, but get that... And don't just write, read. Well, read yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and my last advice, don't read the same extract again and again and again. Do not read the bell jar 18 times. No. Read a different one each time, because what you want to be inspired by is lots of different writers. And then what you might actually find is where you fit into all these styles. Exactly. 
fantastic advice. Now, if, I just want to say something quickly because we we mentioned abusive relationships earlier, as they were part yep. of this list of stuff that wasn't um, revised and that was not recommended by the examiners. What we must say, of course, however, is if you find yourself in that situation, please let people know. I don't want to have just flippantly mention that. Yeah. There's there's charities you can contact, like the Samaritans. There's Childline, who can both be found online. There will be numerous people in your schools who you can get in touch any with. Teacher if, if or any teacher Exactly. If anything we said about that raised any kind of issues for you, please contact the relevant person and talk to them about it. All right. Thank you for being with us today. Contact us at G Revision Pod. No, follow us on Twitter at G Revision Pod. Email us at uh, englishvisionpod at gmail.com gmail.com and we will see you next time